Welcome into the Weekly Run Podcast, the Utah Jazz Podcast uh, run by the Salt Lake Tribune. I'm Andy Larson. This is Eric Walden. We're talking about the Utah Jazz. It's July, or sorry, it's June 27th. Uh, we got three days until free agency begins on June 30th. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's a lot to talk about with regarding uh, with that. With regarding the Utah Jazz and the whole NBA, this is a Jazz fo- podcast that so will mostly focus on what the Jazz are going to do, though obviously what other teams do affects the Jazz to some extent. In particular, let's get started. Uh, I, I want to talk about Derek Favors. I want to talk about the who they could sign with their cap space. And then we also talked to the Jazz's second-round picks today at a press conference. We'll kind of give you our first impressions on those guys. But to begin, Derek Favors. Uh, I think the most recent and most accurate uh, report so far, Shams Turania reporting that basically Derek Favors is operating as if he is an uh, will receive calls from teams as if he will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, his agent told the Athletic, I, I think that seems remarkably fair to me, <laughs> given that the Jazz will be uh, going into the free agency period talking to free agents as if they had his cap space. The way it's been put to me is that the Jazz will do that, you know, do their due diligence over the next five days before his guarantee date of July 6th with his $17 million for next year. Uh, and if they find something that's better than Derek Favors is with that $17 million, and that could be in the form of one player, two players, three players, whatever it is, then they will pull the trigger and do that. Uh, if not, then they will be happy to keep Derek Favors because they like and love Derek Favors like I think most Jazz fans. Yeah, so this this Shams thing was part of, it was like the end note item on a story he did of kind of you know free agency tidbits. And when it got put out there, when it got tweeted out, I saw like instant negative reaction from Jazz fans. Oh, why would he do this? Why, how can he do this? Like, it's not, where's the loyalty? And it's like, why would he do anything other than this? Yeah. You know, the, there's a reason that the Jazz and Derek Favors came to this July 6th guarantee date agreement, which is that they wanted the opportunity to, you know, play the field, to like look at how the market is unfolding and see if there are any moves out there that make sense that would entail not guaranteeing his contract for next season. Right. What is he supposed to do? Is, is he supposed to wait around until July 6th and like be totally unprepared for like, oh, I wish I could have talked to some teams before. <laughs> you, like he has, to, nice. he has to make contingency plans, right. you know, given that by the time July 6th, like I know that technically, you know, no deals are supposed to be struck, but you know, but it happens. And if you wait that long, what options are left to him? So this gives him a perfectly reasonable opportunity to discuss his potential future with uh, other possible suitors should he not be back in a jazz uniform next year. And anyone who doesn't understand that is kind of silly and, and being needlessly spiteful. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. And I think that's... That's the reality of the free agent market where you have 40% of the NBA are free agents this year, and that means that there are both a lot of free agents out there and a lot of cap space out there. There's Both sides want to explore what's what's possible, and I think if Derek, you know, if the Jazz picked up Derek Favors' contract option on July 6th, I think he'd be thrilled. Um, but, yeah, of course he's going to look at what the contingency is if, if the Jazz don't do that, just as the Jazz will be looking to improve their team with the $17 million that they uh, would have available if they did waive Derek. Yeah, if, if you know, the Jazz love Derek Favors. Uh, they see him as a valuable player. They need to go out and look and see what their options are, see if they can, you know, do something. And that said, even if they decide not to bring him back, even if they decide, okay, we, we have an opportunity to do something here and we need to move on from Derek Favors, he's still a really good player and he still is going to have teams, a lot of other teams interested in, in him. You know, whether that's him starting at a five somewhere, you know, for a, it's like we, we've established like his best level of play is at the five these days because he's not a three point shooter. Um, you know, yeah, he, he's going to have alternatives. He's going to have options. And it makes sense for everybody for the for the jazz to see what they can do, you know, to maybe take his spot. And for him in that case to see, you know, what his fallback plans might be. Are the Lakers going to be, you know, the Lakers cleared up some extra money today. and It's known that Anthony Davis prefers to play power forward. Could Derek Favors wind up in L.A.? Could he wind up in Atlanta with that young core being, 
you know, the KG veteran there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are plenty of teams out there who may Boston not get needs, who who may not get their first option. Uh, Boston needs a center now that Al Horford's opting out, and maybe Derek Favors would be the the cheaper and younger option there. Um, you know, I, I I think there are a lot of possibilities as as far as Derek. Yeah. So this so this is just this is a no brainer on both sides. I don't think he I, I'm. I don't think he would get seventeen million a year. To be clear, no. Um, so, like, I, I think he's hoping that the Jazz opt in. But yeah, again, which just... which he said on Locker Cleanout Day. Right. You know, he he espoused the virtues of being here and said that you know the grass isn't always greener. He also made sure to make the comment, "I need that option picked up." Um, <laughs> you know, he's right. he, he's he's scheduled to make a base salary of sixteen point nine million, and then with uh, some of the incentives that he picked up that he met on his contract last year, I believe. Uh, he'll actually make closer to 18 million with the Jazz this year. Yeah, he's got every reason in the world to want the Jazz to pick up that option year. But right. if they don't, which he recognizes a possibility, he has every right to be prepared for that. Okay, so let's go through and if we were the Jazz, kind of some of these names and who would make sense as can the Jazz get a better player or players with that 17 million than. Uh, Derek Favors is for yeah. 17 million. Sure. And I think there are two useful uh, things that I can look at to kind of get an idea of what guys are going to be paid in this free agency market. Um, one is the Dunked On Podcasts uh, free agency preview, where they actually have someone kind of representing all 30 teams, making offers, making bids, someone representing all the play, all the free agents, so that the free agents get the best money and the mo- and the best situation for them. Um, in in this market without, you know, and kind of seeing how much money all of these teams have left once they've spent it all on max stick guys. Make sense? Yep. Um, and then uh, there's a, a Reddit group that essentially did the same. Uh, and I think they actually came to pretty similar uh, numbers that might be available. A lot of guys going for the room exception that you might not think would, uh, and so on and so forth. So anyway, um, I, I want to start at the guys that, uh, are getting $20 million or less, right? Because the Jazz can't go get Malcolm Brogdon with, by af- waiving favors, right? Because if the, if the Jazz offered them $17 million, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the Bucks are just going to match. And yeah, he's, he's know, restricted. The Bucks would match that. Yeah. Um, so. Ditto with someone like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, who I think is going to get more than $17. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're interested in those guys, I had a story in the Salt Lake Tribune on sltrib.com uh, kind of examining moves they could make if they were to lose fave if they were to also trade Dante Exum, various cap maneuverings. Word. Some of that's addressed on the online. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking Word. about just if they lose fave here. Okay. So uh, some I'm just going to throw out ten names, and you tell me if any of them stand out. Okay. Uh, Nico Miritich, uh, Jeremy Lamb, Brooke Lopez, Maxi Kleber from the Dallas Mavericks, Al Farouk Aminu, J.J. Redick, Terry Rozier, Danny Green, Patrick Beverly, and Trevor Ariza. All of those guys in the dunked on uh, mock went got between twenty and eighteen million dollars. Hmm. I like some of those guys. Uh, Brooke Lopez would be a bad choice here. Uh, you can't play. He's a center. You can't play him and Rudy together. He's only a center, uh, so that would be silly. Um, Danny Green, I like uh, wing depth, three and D guy. Patrick Beverly, I like. I don't know that. He makes a ton of sense as a third guard. He's going to want to play more than that. Agreed. Um, uh, and, and, well, okay. I, I actually think Patrick Beverly makes sense. Like, I think he <laughs> probably on like a really good championship winning team. He's a third guard. Right? Okay. Like, he's, yeah. He's not that's, really. A that's starter. fair. I think he's looking for a bigger role. Probably. I don't. I don't Maybe. know that he would. He's looking to get paid this summer. He's, yeah. Uh, there, Tim McMahon of ESPN.com, who we know, uh, and I won't say respect because we don't, because he's kind of a jerk, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> The jazz, the jazz are one of it. <laughs> I love you, Tim. Uh, the Jazz are one of the beats he covers, and he reported yeah. today that Patrick Beverly is looking for a deal in the range of three years, forty million. I don't know if he'll get that, but uh, he's definitely looking to get paid. Agreed. So that's that's thirteen million dollars a year, and in this he gets a two years, twenty four million dollars, so twelve million dollars. Okay, a year. that's that's um, you know honestly reasonable. I love Patrick Beverly. He's 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 turned into a great three point shooter over the years, and he's you know. He's obviously incredible defensively. Um, so I think from that perspective, yeah, he, he fits what the Jazz are trying to do. Um, there was another name that you brought up earlier on that list that – I mean, Nico Miritich? I mean, we've 
we've heard the Miritich thing. Yeah, and, and we should be bit. clear, like, the Jazz's interest in Nico Miritich continues to be real. They continue to believe that he's a better defender um, than uh, Than Tony Jones do. would have you believe. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I think it's a worry that he didn't play in the last two games of the Eastern Conference Finals, or I guess the last game he did play in Game 5, but... Uh, I, I would say that they felt that some of that was because he had to play the small forward position a little bit with Malcolm Brogdon out and not maybe at, at 100%. Yeah. And there was where, you know, obviously you can't have Nico play the three and, and have any realistic chance. So um, I think they do like Nico if, you know, I don't think they would pay him 17, 18 million, but no. if you can get him 10 to 12 million and then add a, a secondary player for 7 million, then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, among other players in that list, I, I do think it makes the most sense to pay for a, a four, though. Yes. So Alfred Aminu got $13 million in this mock, but uh, only a one-year contract. So, you know, you can imagine a one-year 13, maybe a two-year 10, uh, a two-year 20 million, you know, $10 million sure. a year would, would make some sense. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Obviously, Terry Rozier doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Uh, I, Jeremy Lamb, just not at that price value, right? Like, I think having a scorer off the bench is something that the Jazz could use, but uh, you don't want to use that money. Yeah, he's, he's another guy who, if they hadn't landed Mike Conley, you know, I think made some level of sense if you could if you would move Donovan to the point guard and put Lamb at the two. But as a third option, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Maxi Kleber is actually interesting, and, like, he's – Toiled in in obscurity, if you will, for the Dallas Mavericks, um, but hit 35% of his threes last year. Played 21 minutes a game, um, and when he was on the court, the Mavs were actually good. They were uh, they beat the opponents by 2.1 points per 100 possessions. When he was off the court, they lost uh, their leads, if you will, wow. minus 4.2 points per 100 possessions. He does some really nice things as far as uh, shot blocking goes. Uh, not a high usage guy by any means, only a 13% uh, usage guy, but can kind of knock down the open three when he gets a chance. And then, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I wouldn't say like a great rebounder, but is, is just kind of a nice overall role player. Uh, the mock has him going to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans for $13 million a year. Hmm. Um, that, it's I would fine. be a little surprised if he, yeah. if he got that much, honestly. I, I, um, I agree. He's, he's, He's one of those names who, like, he's one of those guys who you don't think about until, like, you're at the game and, like, he's made three or four <laughs> nice plays in a row. And, you're, like, you're, you're looking at the – and you're yeah, like, and like sudden, oh, I didn't realize that – I didn't realize that he was that good. Yeah. Like, not yeah. that he does it in – not that he's done it in, like, huge spurts or anything. Agreed. Um, but he's, he's, he's a nice player. I, I think for the Pellies, it makes some sense from their point of view because he's younger. He's 27. So, you know, as opposed to a guy like Jermichael Green uh, or Alfred Aminu or some of the names we'll get to later, uh, you know, may have some upside there and may make sense for their the long-term future of their core. Uh, Danny Green at four years, 48, did we talk about him? I, I think that's that's a lot. That's a lot of years and a lot of dollars for a guy who's already, in my mind, started declining over the last two. Yeah, he was pretty he had a little bit of a bounce back year this year, but yeah, last season he was definitely showing some signs of slippage. Like I said, I like him, but he's very streaky. I mean, there were times early in the playoffs, like he certainly redeemed himself in the finals later on, but there were times earlier in the playoffs where he really just went through long stretches where, you know, you're like, where is Danny Green? Oh, Danny Green is actually still out on the court. He's just isn't doing anything. Okay. Um, so... I'm actually going to change how I'm doing this. Rather than split it up into monies, I'm going to split it up into positions, if okay. that makes sense. Sure. So the, the power forwards we've named, the stretch forwards, which I think is the biggest hole in the Jazz's roster right now, is if you waive Derek Favors, you need someone. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay kind and of— And you lost Jay Crowder. Jay played a big role there. You need someone You've to now got before. George Niang, who I think we'll see a little bit of a bigger role this year, but not that much of a role. You don't want him role. to start. No. Uh, all right, so our, our choices are Aminu at 13— uh, and Nico at 18 in this uh, simulation. I think that's a little much. I think he'll get 12 to 15. But anyway, um, let's see. And uh, I think the oh, and Maxi Kleber. That's 13 million a year. Yeah. Okay. Then after that, uh, Trevor Ariza, sort of a stretch for. I mean, really, he's a three now. But you know, the league is the league is the league. Yeah. Uh, got one year, 12 million dollars from the Clippers. Julius Randle got one year, 12 million dollars from the Knicks. Rudy Gay got one year, 12 million dollars from the San Antonio Spurs. 
Uh, Damari Carroll, also a three slash stretch four if you want to pretend. Uh, not pretend, but, you know, it just kind of depends what kind of lineups you want. Uh, one year, $8 million, uh, the big mid-level exception, essentially, from the uh, Denver Nuggets. Marcus Morris, three years, $24 million. Uh, and let's, uh, okay, let me uh, go all the way down to Jabari Parker, two years, $12 million. Mike Scott, one year, $5 million. Uh, <laughs> Trey Lyles, let's... Let's bring it back. Let's yeah. not bring it back. Three years, five, fifteen million, five million a year, uh, and then Garrett Temple. Or sorry, not Garrett Temple. Uh, Tabo Cephalosha, two years, nine point eight. Uh, Michael Green, one year, four point eight, and that's realistically your your four choices. You know, out of those, I was honestly a little shocked. You hit Julius Randle got twelve million from the Knicks. Yeah, I, so the idea is it's a one-year $12 million deal uh, that would you know make him a free agent again next yeah. year, and it's esen- essentially the same bet that he took last year. Um, yeah. I like Julius Randle. I do, um, too. I don't think he makes any sense next to Rudy Gobert. Probably not. He's he's a little bit better three-point shooter than you would he is. think. Uh, he took just under three attempts a game last year and hit 34.4%. So not spectacular, but like a big upgrade over what Derek Pavers gives you. So, you know, if and on top of that, he's a solid rebounder. He's not going to be a shot blocker at all. Yeah. Uh, he's a little limited defensively, but That's what we're he's like about. he's a ton of energy and he does. um I don't know. Uh, granted this is partly because I'm very familiar with him from having watched him with the Lakers for a few years. I think 12 million for him is like I don't, I, I would, I, I'd be incredibly intrigued by that. Like, That's fair. I don't disagree with you that it's probably not the best fit next to Rudy, but uh, he could play. I mean, he also takes care of your backup five. Like he would play the okay. same role as Fave. I will tell you this: I have not. I've heard specifically that they do not have interest in Julius Randle. I believe uh, that. Jazz. I believe that. And. Um, you know that's that's one source, but regardless, yeah. uh, and and I think ultimately, I, I don't know that Randall would have interest in Utah. I think ultimately, what made Julius Randall good is when he has the ball in his hands, right? Yeah. And I, I think you want the ball in Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell's hands a little bit. Ideally, yeah. Um, honestly, like when he has the ball most is kind of like when he's grabbed a rebound and he he was right. empowered. And that's fine. Starting in LA to like start a transition break. Now, the other thing with him is he's not a spectacular passer at this point right. in his career. Uh, that and that, de- makes that definitely needs fit. work. Yeah. Um, which which of those guys uh, were you most intrigued by? All right, so I think Rudy Gay, uh, also at one year, $12 million, is a maybe a, a better fit as a stretch four. Yep. And even though he is certainly – he actually has improved at passing and becoming he, part he of took, an offense. He took the same number of threes as Randall did last year, and he hit 40.2%. That's really good. That's that's very that's good. That's much better than early career Rudy Gay. I think it's yep. possible that he has developed – how many threes per game? Uh, you said two three? Point, 2.7 a game. 2.7 a game. Okay. Um uh, you know, I, I I think that makes a lot of sense for a fit if the Jazz can get it. Uh, Demari Carroll, I think a return of him makes some sense too. Uh, yep. He shot the ball from three really well last year, and uh, I I was talking to someone who basically was like, the Jazz need an enforcer. Jazz need someone who now that you've lost Jay Crowder and again would lo- be losing Derek Favors in this scenario, you need some toughness on the team. Obviously, you know, Demari Carroll you know who, brings that. Who brings to mind? Who that brings to mind for me? Marcus Uh-oh. Morris. All right. Here's the problem with Marcus Morris, who yeah. on this list made th- three years, twenty-four million dollars, eight million a year. Um, I, I think he's a bad. I I don't think the Jazz would take I th- him on I because think of he's the a bad culture stuff. fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, there's you can be an enforcer and be a good teammate, and what we've heard about the Morai is is that's not where they are. Yeah. Uh, nor have like anyone on the Jazz ever curb stomped anyone in Phoenix. Yeah, so that's kind of a turnoff. That's a, that's a concern. Then again, some people will look at his 37.5% <laughs> three-point shooting on 5.2 attempts per game and how many threes rationalize. Is, yeah, how many curb stomps per three? Yeah. Uh, it will look terrible. I'm not a fan of that The myself. more I sign with the Utah Jazz. Um, who else did I mention? Jabari Parker. I just, the I guys, at yeah. some point he has to say, I'm going to play defense. Mike Scott, I like. Mike Scott, I like. If if you're gonna sign, a, if he's available for five point two million dollars, and that leaves you twelve million to dollars to go get a wing, a guy, which I think the Jazz are pretty weak on the wing right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's not a bad way to go. I like Mike Scott. I, is he that much better than George? 
Uh, he's different than George. Yeah. He's basically a, a guy who can shoot and is tough. Hmm. Um, he also may be too. He may not be a great like Utah fit. Yeah. So that would be that would be interesting. I, th- I think you I think you need someone like a little if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in a stretch four you need someone who's like probably a little higher end than than Mike Scott. In my you opinion. feel about that way about uh, Jarrett Green or Jamichael Green? Jamichael sorry. Green. I feel like I feel like he's like a tier above Mike Scott probably. Um, Both of them. So Mike Scott about one year five point two. Jamichael four point eight. The room exception. Yeah, I honestly in that in that case I would go for Jamichael Green. I feel like he's got a little. I, I think he's a little bit better. Okay, that's that's that is a fair opinion. I think they are they are pretty close, and heck, yeah, I think Jermichael Green might be a better fit. Okay, so there are possibilities there. Um, I, I think there's what I kind of learned through these these mocks, if you will, is there are going to be some guys who go for f- fifteen and some guys who go for five that I don't know that I feel super different about. Yeah, like. I don't feel that different about Al Farouk Aminu than I do Mike Scott or Jermichael Green, you know? And I think some of those guys are going to find a spot that, that, you know, gives them money and some of them aren't. I kind of wish, you know, Derek Favors' contract guarantee was July 20th rather than July 6th because it's going to be at the point where I think you get some of those guys for cheap when they've run out of options, and I don't know if July 5th is soon enough for them to feel that way. But... Um, if they can, it, it may be. You know, it, uh, I think first of all, half of these have already been decided because the the NBA is a, a lovely place of tampering. Uh, and come on, Andy, we know only the Lakers do that. Uh, and, and second, okay, stop it with your <laughs> Laker. Like, why are Lakers fans feeling like everyone's picking on them? I don't. I it don't. It is the weirdest. I, I honestly don't. Like, that's the thing. There, there's this bizarre like segment of Lakers fans them? who do feel like that. I only bring that up because I think it's hilarious, like, how naive people are that they don't, you know, that they bring up that the Lakers are doing this, which they absolutely are, because everyone is absolutely doing this. Like, there is no team out there that is not getting away with whatever tampering they can. Right. Now, what's different, though, is that (laughs) Magic Johnson was really dumb about doing it on TV. Would do it, like, on Jimmy Kimmel. Right. And that's, that's... Bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, it's all about keeping up appearances. Yes. That's all that matters here. Yeah. All right. The Jazz clearly also need some wing depth. Yes. Uh, obviously, you've got you've got a good backcourt now. You've got a great backcourt. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you've got Royce O'Neal, who's able to play the two, three, and I think the four. Uh, As we saw a little bit last year. Yeah. yeah. You've got Joe Ingles, who can play the three, and maybe a little bit the four. Uh, and kind of, sort of, sometimes a little bit the one, like not great defensively at it. Right, but and I guess the he'll two because he exists, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, you don't want him defending. He's mostly a three. Really, yeah, yeah. he's a three. Uh, but you just don't have a lot of like depth there at the wing at all. Yeah. And if one of those guys go down, let's say Royce gets hurt, you know, like Royce has been not hurt so far in his career, but let's say he gets hurt. Yeah. All of a sudden, Bad things can you're happen. playing Mieoni, you know, 25 minutes. Yeah, ago. I was going to say, who else is there at this point? It's not great. Right. Um, you lost Kyle Korver, which his minutes were going down a little bit anyway because right. he was getting up there. Uh, so then you'd think, oh, well, Grayson Allen, last year's first round pick. <laughs> he's, he's, he's no longer around either, right. as we were reminded today. Um, we were reminded of that today? Oh, just, um, like, not specifically, but, you know, uh, with the second rounders being asked if they'd interact with any jazz guys, oh, they brought yeah, up okay. Mike Conley. Word. And then, Mike Conley, he's not a jazz player. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they are they so, are. So, yes, weak. they need some wing depth. They need some wings. I, I would even say wings that are, you need wings. Wings are very important in the NBA. Um, so, you can either, you know, again, if you sign to Michael Green for 4.8, that means you have $12 million to sign a wing. If you sign... Uh, Nico Miritich for 15, that means you've got $3 million to sign a wing, or really two. I mean, so you've got to go out and figure out what the best uh, setup is. Yeah. Let me let me throw out some wing names. Yeah, let's have the names. Uh, I mentioned Jeremy Lamb already, $14 million a year. Uh, J.J. Redick, 12 and a half per year. I already mentioned him. Danny Green at four years, 48. Um, Trevor Ariza, one year, $12 million. Kelly Oubre, four years, $48 million. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, one year, $10 million. Uh, I already mentioned Damari Carroll because he's kind of a four, kind of a three. Let's go with Wes Matthews, one year, $8 million. Rodney Hood, one year, $8 million. You can tell a lot of guys are just settling for $8 million because there's not like, there's just not that much cap space that goes above the mid-level exception at this point. Uh, 
let's say Nando DiColo coming over from Europe, two yeah. years, 16. Uh, Wayne Ellington, three years, 19 to the Golden State Warriors. That's a fun fit because of shooting. Yes. Uh, let's see. Justin Holiday, three years, $15 million to the Lakers. Ooh, don't like that. Ooh, you don't? Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jared Dudley, one year, $5 million. Uh, Garrett Temple, two years, $9.8 million. Uh, Austin Rivers, two years, $9.8 million. Tabo Cephalosha, like we said, two point nine, two years, $9.8 million. That's the room exception. A lot of teams are going to have that. Yep. Um, let's see here. Elsewhere on the list, Iman Shumpert, two years, $8 million. <laughs> I mean, we're getting to the Iman Shumpert list of guys. Yeah. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, one year at the minimum. Uh, um, I like some of those names. But it's obviously like all of those guys have – you know, certain warts to their game. Like, yeah. On the one hand, oh, you would... Oh, one guy I didn't mention, two guys I didn't mention. Sorry, sure. I skipped over part of the list. Uh, Terrence Ross, three years, $30 million. Reggie Bullock, eight, three years, $25 million. I like Reggie Bullock, and Jazz fans should be intimately familiar with what he did. The mm-hmm. two games that the Jazz played the Pistons last year, he, uh, he scorched them in the first quarter both times. Um, he wasn't super duper awesome after he got traded to the Lakers for that stretch run but apparently made enough of an impression that the Lakers are like very much hoping to bring him back from what I've heard um he's an athlete they can't he's, do he's both like, and I, unless he signs for the room yeah they can't do that and sign a max guy. right yeah but I think they're hoping they can get him for the room yeah. uh we'll see if that's the case he's like six eight, I want to say he's he's a really good three point shooter. Six seven. Uh, six seven. Okay. Um, Twenty eight years old. Yeah. Um, he he's got that jazz DNA. He's uh, he's very involved in community charitable efforts. If that matters to anyone, I think it does. Uh, he's a solid he's a solid defender. Not a spectacular one, but um, versatile. He can play the two or the three for sure. He's not much of a ball handler. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he definitely is a floor spacer. He, he, he has that gravity that you like. Yeah, n- not a big usage guy, and shot the three a lot better last year, forty-four percent, than this year, where he was only thirty-seven percent. And yeah. like we said, was worse once he got traded to LA, thirty-four percent. Um, I, I think he's a nice like role player fit, and I think eight million dollars for him is is nice. Um, so Wayne, Wayne Ellington, I don't like for that much. Uh, he's an incredible. He's that. an incredible shooter, but that's literally all he does. Um, I think he's had like one year in the last five or six where more than where he didn't where it wasn't a season where he had more than half his shots from three point range, right. um, and he plays no defense at all. Uh, so I don't like that fit. I mean, if you're like really that desperate for three point shooting, you're not going to find guys who are much better pure shooters than he is. So I guess that's a consideration, but I don't love the fit. JJ Redick, similar thing, and more expensive still. Yeah, uh, he's older. He's older. Uh, he played a lot of minutes for the Sixers last year, which I would honestly be concerned about him starting to break down soon. Okay. Um, I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those other guys, like we talked a little, about a few of them before. Uh, Damari Carroll, I think you can still put it at a wing position very easily. Yeah. Uh, like him, the junkyard dog. Uh, I know fans would love bringing him back fans here. Fans would love it. Yeah. Um, so Doesn't matter what the fans like. No. Um, <laughs> I, I like Justin Holiday. okay. He's actually not good on offense. He's uh, an unabashed chucker. He's got horrible <laughs> shot selection. Uh, like, I Do you know, think he'd be an unabashed chucker on a good team? Like, so far I he's played for the Knicks, Hawks, I, I was Bulls, gonna, and Grizzlies. I worried that, like... I worry that the teams he's played for, he's like developed a lot of bad habits. Maybe That's I think I could see possible. him rubbing Quinn the wrong way and getting in his doghouse very early on. Uh, it's possible he's he's so he's only a sixteen percent usage guy, but uh, I think you're right that the the field goal percentages especially do not point to him being a good uh, decision maker. I'd also say the uh, you know I, I I think he's I, I think he is a good I think he is a defensive contributor. He is that. I just think he's such a system breaker on offense. Like he That's thinks fair. he thinks he's Lou Williams, and he's not that good. What if he was on a good team? Then he would still. Yeah, yeah you, I, never, I, you I, never know. That's the thing. I think talking you know? to these guys does 
there's there's a chance that being put you know that being surrounded by Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles you know that they're able to break him of bad habits but you just don't know yeah you don't uh Garrett Temple who I think David Locke loves more than anyone uh <laughs> is actually like a good player is again a guy who knows how to play is part of a team construct yeah. uh defends he is 32 years old now so like you know know that about him but I think him at the room exception makes some sense. Yeah, um, not hor- not a horrible choice. Like he's not a guy who's gonna excite the fan base by, you know, by announcing. <laughs> David Locke oh, will brought- make him make them excited. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, he's a solid player. He's you know, he's a good wing defender. Uh, he's he's a decent three point shooter. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I mean, it, it is just hard as always to find wing guys. You know, like I, I think that's. Uh, that's something to keep in mind here is you may have to pay more for the the wing guy than your similarly talented four because there are more fours on the market uh, and and maybe fewer twos and threes. Yeah. Um, and with and with the small ball craze these days, like those guys are just in such demand because you know it's like guys who used to be threes are now fours and you know. Yeah, I consider Wes Matthews at one year eight million. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what his level of athleticism is anymore after the Achilles tear he had. You know, that's always a concern. It's still, like, injury. it's been four years ago, and yeah, it, it, it definitely has. Like, I, I, I don't think he's been the same since. Agreed. Then. He has um, not been the same. How, how did he? Do you have his stats? He was actually decent handy? last year. Like, how was he? How was he shooting the ball? I will. I will pull them up quickly. Uh, I, I would say last year, if I'm remembering correctly, that last year was the best year of his post Achilles uh, career. Uh, shot 41%, or I guess 40% from the three. He played for three different teams. I was going to say, he was, he was part of that Pacers. Dallas to New York trade, and he was buyout guy and signed with the Pacers, right? A- yep. yep. Average uh, 12.2 points per game in uh, 30 minutes thirty minutes a night, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, and then the, the plus and minus numbers were slightly negative, but overall, like, uh, it, it, he's, an, he's a nice role player to have. Again, 32 years old. Yeah, so you he's, don't a, make he's a little bit up there, but as a stopgap option, you could do worse than him, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, the Trevor Ariza for one year option is is a nice one. Uh, I I do think that's that's something that the Jazz may have to fill, though. Yeah. And then, honestly, if you lose Derek Favors, you also need a backup center. Yeah. Um, because neither of us to- trust Tony Bradley. The nope. uh, front office does not trust Tony Bradley. And so, yeah, you just need a center. So let's go through the center guys. How much time do you have? Oh, we're, this is a long podcast so far. We'll uh, we'll we'll be good. All right. Uh, we already mentioned Brooke Lopez, thirteen million a year, not coming. Uh, really, your backup center guy is going to be a uh, room exception or mid or a, a minimum guy because yep. right. that's you know he's ideally playing fifteen minutes a night behind Rudy. Um, so you're looking at. There are, there are definitely fewer of these guys. There's Dwayne Dedman got two years, $14 million from the Hawks. Jordan Bell got two years, $14 million from the Clippers. Uh, Kevon Looney got four years, $24 million from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, let's see here. On centers, there just aren't that many centers. Oh, Ed Davis, two Ed- years, $9.8 million to the Utah Jazz. I actually, I this I actually like that fit a lot. Ed Davis, yeah. Ed I think Davis, it makes a lot of sense. He's, he's a guy who... He's limited offensively, but he's a great defender. He's an incredible rebounder. Uh, just going by the numbers, he's one of the best pure rebounders in the league. Um, he takes pride in that. That's something he's done throughout his career. Um, solid veteran. Uh, not super-duper old, I don't think. But no. um, I like that. I, I'm a big fan of Ed Davis. I'm a big fan of Dwayne Dedman. I think Dedman probably maybe winds up getting a little bit more than that would be my guess. That's the thing is there's just not a lot of money in the center market. But yeah. yeah. Um, Deadman, Deadman is a great three-point shooter for a center. I think he shot 37% last year, and that's actually yeah. pretty close to his career numbers, I want to say. And that would be fun to have a, a center option who could shoot. I don't think it's necessary, and I think once yeah, you get to it'd, those guys. It would be a bit of a luxury It would be if you could find a way to make that work. Like uh, When I saw the Jazz when play the Hawks, he was, you know, he was a guy that made things happen. Like, he was yeah. a definite viable option out there. Quinn loves messing with that kind of stuff, too. Like, yeah. if you give Quinn a center he could shoot, who could shoot, uh, he would he would love it. But yeah, so in an ideal world, yeah, I'd love Dwayne Dedman in here. I think they might be priced out of him. Uh, if okay. you can get Ed Davis, 
a bit cheaper. I think he's a solid second option there. Um, other centers, DeAndre Jordan uh, also got the room exception one year, 4.8. Wow. Um, I don't I don't think that's unrealistic. DeAndre mm. Jordan sucked last year. I think so. But we forget that this league is full of uh, dumb GMs. It's not really. There are, there are like two GMs that are dumb left. Name the dumb GMs. Well, yeah, I guess the Wizards did fire Ernie Grunfeld. Right. Um, and they, they still might be a dumb GM because they don't have one. I don't know. Like, there, I... I I'm convinced there's some team out there who will miss out on, like, their first six free agent options who will then throw, like, $18 million at DeAndre Jordan. Right, it might be the Knicks. You yeah. know, like, but I'm just saying... That's a, that's a fair point. The league isn't stocked with dumb GMs if, anymore. If you're the Knicks, but you've got Mitchell Robinson, who you should give all that money to, to or not give the money to, you but should give, give all the playing, playing time, time to. to. Yeah. You should, but they're, they're I, the Knicks for a reason. But I, I, I don't think that they're that many. Even the bad teams now, they're, like, I, I think... Uh, Phoenix, James Jones is a bad GM. Yep. I think arguably Rob Palinka is, although he got what he wanted, so it's hard to like really argue that. Uh, and then obviously the Knicks are uh, example of bad GM. But like uh, elsewhere in the league, is there anywhere else that you're like, oh yeah, this guy is really uh, known for making bad moves Mitch, all the time? Mitch Kupchak in Charlotte has had his moments. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's... Even, but they even, already have even centers up the wazoo. Which hasn't ever stopped dumb teams from doing dumb things before. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes the Hornets aren't going to do it because Michael Jordan is cheap. Like, and they just he didn't, he didn't, wanna, like, he didn't want to pay to keep Kemba Walker there, so he's not going to bring in DeAndre Jordan. My point is, teams do silly, strange, idiotic things when they get desperate, and I will bet you, I will bet you, DeAndre Jordan gets more than ten million. For All right, someone. let's bet on this. Let's bet on this now. What are we betting on? What are we? Uh, Hmm. What could a soccer jersey of the other team's choice? Ooh. DeAndre Jordan gets ten million or more. All right. Okay. I uh, cool. Who else are centers? Oh, Avicha Zubac, uh, three years, fourteen, uh, to the Clippers. Thomas Bryant, three years, fourteen, to the back to the Wizards. Uh, I think both of those guys they're staying with their same teams, but they're both restricted. I think both of those guys for one, right? Yeah. Um, um, but and yeah, I don't see why either team would let them go for that. Price. That's a good point. All right, we uh, we won't we won't try to decide them then. Uh, Boban back to the Spurs at two <laughs> years eight. Boban as a backup center for the Jazz would be fun. I don't think it's particularly likely, but hey. No, I would I would love it. Uh, I, though I would hate to see the Bobby and Toby show broken up. Oh, that is those true. guys are amazing together. Did you, have you ever seen their uh, their like video podcast that they that they intermittently did? Yes, it's hysterical. Um, Bobby Portis gets one year, three point six back. Uh, just that's basically him taking the qualifying offer. He may have to do that. Uh, I, I, the if word is could. that the Jazz like Bobby Portis, right? Yeah. Um, Although that's another. It's a weird fit to me. I, I, what I thought Bobby Portis was coming out of college is not what he's turned out to be. Um, I thought he was going to be an energy guy who got a lot of rebounds and played kind of tough defensively, and then had a shot a little bit. Um, yeah. So I actually liked him a lot. I, I think playing for bad teams has eliminated much of it besides the shooting and, and rebounding. Like, the, the defense is, is a real question to me. But, uh, and like I said, he's restricted, so I don't know why Washington uh, lets go of him after they traded Otto Porter in order to get him and Jabari. Yeah, but, um, he has involved into a good shooter, 39.3% yeah, from deep last year, almost four uh, attempts a game. Here's the other thing that I don't know that I like. I, when he and Nico Miritich were on the Bulls together, like, he punched out. He sucker yeah, punched he Nico Miritich in practice and broke broke several bones in his face and sent him to the hospital. The funny thing is, like, people around the league, or at least people on the Bulls, said blamed Nico for that more than they blamed Bobby Portis, which is weird. Um, yeah. You cannot have both Nico and Bobby Portis on the same team, though. That right. that pretty much is clear. Yeah, if you get Nico, you're not getting you're not getting Bobby to back him up. Uh, and then other centers, uh, again, there are just a lot of centers in the league that are are going to get minimum or room exception. Uh, Robin Lopez, two years, seven point four. That's actually the biannual exception to the Pistons. I don't hate that. I, I like. I think Robin Lopez as a backup would actually be a, a, a fun and good fit. Yeah. Um, and then you look at just the minimum guys, which might be where the Jazz end up going with this. Is Rashawn Holmes, one year minimum to the Oklahoma City Th- Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, NS Cantor, one year minimum to return to the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, and and that's it. Those are the minimum guys. So uh, I don't think yeah. either of those. Uh, I like Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn actually, Rashawn Holmes has his moments. Um, um, 
asking him to be a contending team backup is is a lot to me. Yeah, but, probably. Um, it, it makes some sense. So, all right. So if you have, if you're the Jazz and you have, what what's your favorite combination? And I know this is hard for you to remember. I We've know. thrown out all, like 35 names. Um, who are what's the combination that, of guys that you try to put together? Oh goodness! And we're looking at 17, 18 million. Yep. Seven, uh, how much was Rudy Gay making? Rudy Gay was making twelve. Twelve. Ooh, that's tough. So you got. I if, can't. I can't remember all of these off the top of uh, my no, head. No, that's who, fair. Who, you give me yours. All right. So I, I think Rudy Gay twelve is reasonable, and then you go get five a five million dollar uh, wing player. Uh, I, I think. Truth be told, I that's hard. I, I think you go with, okay, I don't like my idea anymore. Yeah, I think you need to go with the cheaper four and a more, and then get a better Okay, wing. how about so Damari Carroll for yeah. eight? Okay. And then uh, Wes Matthews for eight. I like that. And then you still have, you get the room exception either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you go out. I think you have to use that on a either a wing or a, a guy that can play three and four. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, you could ask for Tabo Cephalosha to come back. Uh, maybe someone like a Wilson Chandler type who got the minimum in this. Yeah. Um, that might make some sense. Not and then horrible. you got to go get your backup center. And I think you're you're looking at yeah the if you can get Robin Lopez there. Yeah, but you don't get the the biannual exception that way. No, no. Um, so you you kind of have to. You're stuck with probably Rashawn. Holmes. Rashawn Holmes, it is. Which hey, that's how that goes. <laughs> all right, what if you go? Um, what if we go? Jamichael Green is the four. All right, Jamichael Green. Because he was so cheaper. Yeah, he was he was really cheap for some reason. Uh, five five million dollars for Jamichael Green, four point eight. Yeah. So and then that, you're looking at having uh, thirteen. Okay. 12, 12 to 13 that you can split between. And really, that's the room exception. So really, you could have $17 million if if Jermichael really does sign for the room, which I think is optimistic, yeah. but hey. Uh, so, okay, let's go Jermichael Green for the room, and then let's say Trevor Ariza for 12, and uh, <laughs> Nerlens Noel for for 2.2 slash 9.8. You're still pretty deep. You're pretty shallow at the wings. Yeah. How about um, yeah. uh, James Ennis gets one year? Nine, or how about Garrett Temple? Garrett Temple, sure. All yeah. right. Garrett, so Garrett, you've got Garrett Temple, you've got uh, Wes Matthews, and you've got Jamichael Green, and then uh, your backup center is, again, Rashawn Holmes <laughs> or Ennis Cantor or, like, or Willie Reed. Honestly, like, if we're talking just minimum centers, that makes some sense. Like, he's definitely one of them, was just named to the Jazz Summer League roster. Yeah. Could certainly play backup center. Yeah, if he's if he's healthy, if he's overcome that injury, then um, yeah, why not? And again, this is like assuming the best of all the worlds, where like not only do the Jazz get the cheapest contracts available in the market, but they all also come to Utah, right? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely like easier uh, said than done. But would you rather have those three players than Derek Favors and uh, you know the the room exception and some minimum guys? Yeah, it's. It's tough. I mean, you're you're definitely sacrificing a little bit of defense for some extra offense. Um, but I mean, it, it definitely gives you some better overall depth there in that scenario. Um, so I think I would rather have the overall depth. Yeah. I like Derek Favors a lot. I think it makes sense. Uh, I, I think he can fit with this team. I think uh, Quinn is not going to play Fave and Rudy Den games. Yeah. And, like, we just learned that no matter how bad the other option is, Quinn's not going to do it. And uh, I, I do think in the playoffs it becomes really difficult for much the same reason as it does at the end of games to play two non-shooters. Yep. Um, yeah. It's it, Yeah. Well, it, it's so intriguing but to, like, try to, to make the, all these pieces fit together to address the needs that they've and, got. And we, we did, like, best-case scenario, like I said, where all these teams agree to sign – with the Jazz rather than the team they do. You know, like, yeah. if you're Wes Matthews, would you rather sign with the Jazz or for the Indiana Pacers? Like, the, he would be starting again on the Pacers, right? Like, I think it might make sense to stay with the Pacers. Well, um, yeah, maybe he would. Um, 
they will have Victor Oladipo coming back. That's at true. Some I guess point. they got Depot and Bogey coming back in this simulation. So in that case, he would he would not start. I take it back. Yeah. But all right. So would you rather play behind Donovan and Joe or stay where you are in Indiana? I don't know. Well, yeah. He goes he goes for where he can get the the most money in the maybe. biggest role at this point. Maybe. Um, I'm 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 team Julius Randle for twelve. Okay, which do I don't Randall think is 12. realistic. I no, don't it's think not, it's going to happen. But that's fine. I, you know, and then what would, uh, what would Eric do is what, good. like Ariza for five? Ariza and gets, then... sorry, Ariza already gets 12. Oh, 12. Wow. Really? Yep. Who are, who are the some Clippers, of the... Clippers, great role player on the... I don't think he gets that much. Like, I think he I think, does. I think he's a solid I think he's a solid one player. One year 12, I think he gets one year I think 12. he gets a little less than that. Um, all right. All right, but I don't think he gets five, which is what you need him to get if you get Julius. So we need a wing for five. The wing for five options are not great. It's it's Justin Holiday, it's James Ennis, it's Jared Dudley, it's Garrett Temple, it's Austin Rivers, it's Tabo. I don't I don't hate Austin Rivers there. I just hate Austin Rivers as a player, but I yeah. Yeah, he's Julius Julius Randle for twelve, Austin Rivers for five, okay. and then your Jermichael Green is your for... room exception. That's that's a good team. Yeah, I like it. Uh, that's again you've got Julius Randle, which is Dennis a Lindsay, bit weird, Justin hey, Zanuck. Give me a call. Don't do it. Don't. I'm don't. available. <laughs> and then I Sean am, Holmes. I am, putting, I am putting myself on the NBA ex- front office executive <laughs> free agent market. Uh-huh. Uh, you're going to end up. I expect up, my phone to start ringing off the hook momentarily. Uh, you're going to end up like Alec Burks and not get a contract <laughs> in this simulation. Wow. I love AV. Ouch. All right. Um, all right. We said we would talk about the second round picks. We met them today. What did you think? Uh. They're all. They all seem like high energy. Is is funny for both uh, Justin Wright Foreman and Jarrell Brantley talking about how they were like motor mouth, high energy guys. Like Jarrell Brantley was like kind of strangely quiet for most of it. Mm-hmm. Justin Wright Foreman, very confident in himself. The thing that stood out to me was all three of them coming from non-major conferences. They all felt like they'd been overlooked. Like even coming out of high school, being recruited, felt like the, a similar thing happened. Uh, going into the draft where they were all, you know, they're taking 50th, 53rd, and 58th. You know, they understood that what the deal was, like playing for smaller programs. But they all, they mentioned multiple times, we've got a chip on our shoulder. Uh, it, it was kind of funny seeing, like, the instant chemistry between the three. You know, uh, Gerald Brantley and Justin Wright Foreman go back a little bit. They played in the same conference. They knew each other from that. They participated on the same three-on-three tournament Yeah, team. they did. Uh, and they won it. They and won they the won three it. Three tournament. So they like each other already. Uh, it seems like they like uh, Mie Oni as well. Um, I don't know if any of them will do anything. I mean, uh, they might be three guys who spend the entire season on the Salt Lake City Stars, for all I know. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely going to come in intending to work and intending to show that they deserve a chance. I mean, I think it wildly depends on which of these scenarios that we've been talking about the, for the last 40 minutes that – the Jazz do, you know, yeah. if they if they keep Derek Favors and then you only have him plus a room mid level exception guy, the four point nine million dollars, then all of a sudden you need to, uh, you need to find a lot of players to play for the minimum, and they may be among your best bets. If the Jazz waive Derek Favors, get eighteen million dollars, and sign three players with that money, uh, plus a room exception guy, plus the you know bench players they already have, and Howell Neto, Tony Bradley. Uh, so on and so forth, George Nying, Royce O'Neal, um, you don't need any of those guys right away. And you're right, they could find their way on the Stars, or even potentially more likely, they could find their way uh, to a, a, a European team, and the Jazz would just have the rights. Yeah. Nigel Williams-Goss, Olivier Hanlon, uh, Olivier Hanlon, those kind of guys. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it really depends what the Jazz do over the next 10 days, and I think they, they know that too. Yeah. That'll definitely be uh, the biggest factor in it. And, you know, we'll see what these guys are capable of. I, I always love the stories of the guys who are, like, drafted late or undrafted who, like, carve out a role for themselves in the league. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying it has to be, like, Isaiah Thomas, like, almost winning MVP for the Celtics a couple of years ago. But, like, guys who develop into solid role players uh, after, yeah, after no one thought that they were worth spending one of 60 draft picks on, you Great. know. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, Jazz did announce their summer league minicamp roster today. Uh, Tony Bradley, uh, uh, the, let's say the big names are Tony Bra- Bradley uh, is 
the guy who's played with the Jazz before, uh, Willie Reed, obviously with this Jazz Summer League team as well, played for the Stars until his season-ending shoulder injury last year. Um, He's played for three years in the NBA. The rest don't have NBA experience. You've got the three Jazz uh, second-round picks. You've got three guys who played for the Jazz's, or I guess five guys, excuse me, who played for the Jazz's Summer League team last year. Isaiah Cousins, Treshawn Fletcher, Stanton Kidd, Jarris Lyles, and Tanner McGrew. Um, and then you've got guys that we, we've heard of that had some success at, at the college level. So that's Frankie Ferrari, the 22-year-old uh, guy from San Francisco. Darnell Edge from Fairleigh Dickinson, another small college guy. He's just 18 years old. Uh, Jawan Morgan, from, Morgan Indiana. from Indiana. Came in, came in working for the Jazz during the pre-draft process. He did. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sharma from Stanford. Pac-12 ties, if you will. Um, Anyway, it's kind of an interesting summer league roster. It's not a good one, to be clear. Like, I think I I was looking at the the San Antonio summer league roster yesterday, and it's a lot better with, like, summer league veterans, if you will. Yep. Uh, But I I, I think it's going to be fun to see how the Jazz's young players, their their stars guys and second-round picks are, are able to to play yeah you know, not a lot of not a lot of retreads on this team so and uh, you know we'll see what they're capable can of. they play can the second round picks play not only the the jump that is summer league but the jump that is playing high college level competition yeah. uh, on a day-to-day basis that will be that will be interesting all right anyway um that's our show it was a long show but it again gives you kind of an, uh, an idea of what the jazz are going to be thinking about as uh they they look at free agency over the next 10 days. Yeah, a lot of options, a lot of intriguing options. We'll, uh, we'll, be, fast, we'll be just as fascinated to see what happens as, as you guys are, and we'll keep you as up-to-date uh, on all the latest developments as we can. Be sure to go to sltrib.com all the time. Follow Andy at Andy B. Larson and me at TribJazz on Twitter. I'll go ahead and tweet out the uh, list of the dunked on contract values so you guys can all see it and kind of talk about what you would do as well. Um, so check that out on Twitter, again, at Andy B. Larson. But for now, Andy Larson, Eric Larson, signing out of the weekly run.